I have so much respect for significant others and families because it's just a whole world that I don't think people really see. They see the fun and they see game day for that. And I think that was something to me that was always really, really hard, but also made us stronger and more adaptable and prepared us for a lot of other situations Mm -hmm. in life because you have to compartmentalize and find the support around you so you can get through (laughs) season together. Welcome to season two of the Inspire podcast presented by Atrium Health. This is a podcast series for Panthers fans where we highlight admirable women from across the Carolinas as they share stories and lessons from their lives and careers. And my guest today is, for my money, probably the coolest person in Charlotte. She is the co-owner of Charlotte Lately. She is a mom of two adorable daughters and the wife of a pretty cool dude. And she's a huge part of the Panthers family who made me feel so welcomed when I first took the job here a couple years ago and has continued to do so ever since Natalie Stewart, I am so excited to be talking to you in front of a mic for this. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And usually, you and I have gotten to do a few things. As I said, we we talk, and then we have gotten to do a few things together, but usually I work with your husband, Jonathan, more. And I will say, we've done three drafts together. Um, Jonathan Stewart, of course, all the Panthers fans know him. And the last one, you were here because things have opened up a little bit more. And we got done with our show and we came down to this little event and I saw him and I saw you and I like physically moved him out of the way. And I was like, I'm I'm here for your wife. Like, excuse me, I got to go. And he was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Totally. Oh, well, I was excited to see you. And that I think was that your first day or week back at work? It was close. close. It was, yes, from maternity leave. I want to say it was the week before okay. that I well, came I just back. I remember so. I was so excited seeing you back, and I know that that's Gave a me hard great advice. Transition. Yes. So it was just awesome getting to see you and back at work. And, and um, so, yeah. And that's something that I, I think if you follow Natalie on social media, which you should. Um, if you don't already, but that comes across in everything that you do. And it is so true just in your day-to-day interactions as well. And I've benefited from it. We were just talking about it before we started um, rolling on the podcast is just, I think within, with everything you have going on, you're, as I said, the mom of the cutest two little girls in the world. You're a business owner. Um, and you were immediately like, how are you doing? What's going on? You gave me some great advice that I just thought about yesterday. And I, it was just it was within thirty seconds, and that's just who you are. And I think the cool thing is, is that even the people listening who may not get to meet you personally or not today, you you are like that on social media too. And so I take not just the advice that you've given me, but I've really followed your example in some things. And one thing I love, okay, I'm babbling because I'm so excited, <laughs> is that you are very realistic about everything. You have the most fun. You and Jonathan seem like you have the most fun, but then you also will just say like. Ah, today is hard. The kids are running around. I'm going through this. And I just, I really appreciate that authenticity. Thank you. And I think for me, I don't really know any other way. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of just been that way. And I come from a big family, but I think my parents are very much that way. And I think for me, and I don't, I, before COVID, I felt this way, but especially being in quarantine and just social media and this whole crazy world, there's so many great things about it. But then I also think especially as a woman and a mom, Mm -hmm. there's truly just so much pressure and there's so much noise and there's so much not real that I kind of feel 
not a responsibility, but I, or a little bit, like I, I kind of call it like social responsibility. Like mm-hmm. you have a platform. I have people that, um, that do follow me and, you know, I think even being a mom and having two daughters, like you realize, like, you know, you're setting an example and setting the tone for what their values are. And I think for me, it's just being a mom that, um, you know, I, I put value on being relatable and being authentic and encouraging that in my friends. And, you know, I'm blessed with a really, really awesome group of women around me um, in this community that have been there for me as I've become a mom and as a wife and a friend. And I just think that that is um, something that's important and to be yourself. And it's really easy to get caught up in, you know, and with the filters and the things. And I, but I realize I'm like, Kaya's sitting there and she sees it. Like, I don't want her, you know, I want her to know that. Um, oh, that almost just made me tear up. Right? That hit me in such a, But yeah. she's, she's asked though. She's said, she's like, can you put that makeup filter on and I've showed it to her just for fun. We go through sure. all the the funny filters, but then I realize like I don't want her to think that this is normal. The norm. Yes. This isn't what we value and you're beautiful on the inside. And Stu says that every night. Um that or, you know, I can't say every night because we have zero consistent schedule, but <laughs> we try to. But he, you know, does the affirmations in the mirror like you're strong, you're oh. smart, and you're beautiful is part of that because you want, you know, she's a girl and she's always you know, I want this hair or that or this outfit and whatever it is, but just reminding her like who she is and being pretty is the least of importance and all of that. And so but I do think it's a much different responsibility when you have kids because you're teaching them what's important and they're going to learn that through you before they're going to learn it anywhere else. So, oh, my gosh, I've got I've got goosebumps. That's so beautiful. Did you guys come to that as parents? Um f- did you know that those were the things, okay, we're going to do the affirmations now that Kaya's a little bit older, or did it organically evolve? Because I am, I'm the, a new mom of a six-month-old, and, you know, I think you have all these ideas about, okay, I'm going to do this and this, and this is what I want my kids to take away from this. And then you're also just in the day-to-day, as you and I have talked about, and it's like, I, I got to get to bedtime, you know? Yeah. So how did you guys approach that as Kaya and, and Nora will soon, too, start to become older, and you realize that they are taking what you're putting out there. I have definitely learned that all the ideas we have, and I really learned this when we had a birth plan, and for us at least, nothing's ever really, and someone did give me that advice. They said, whatever plan you have, don't, you know, you don't know what that's going to look like. So go into it uh, knowing that things can change. I I think Jonathan told me that. We were just talking about, he was my last (laughs) video shoot before I had my son. And I was just telling Natalie before we started that he, in addition to Natalie giving me great advice, he gave me some good advice. And I think that was one of the things he said. He was like, it's nice that you have this, yeah, but you got to just, you got to roll with the punches here. Yeah, no, that's definitely one of, he is, I am a planner and he has helped me grow in that sense of just being a little bit more um, patient and putting less pressure on myself for things to go as they're supposed to in quotations. But I think we kind of surrendered to that pretty early on and our life was so hectic. We were always on the road, always moving somewhere and Mm -hmm. in transition. So you kind of have to surrender a little bit. But I think that even as a parent realizing, you know, as you learn a lot as you go and you can have ideas of we're going to have dinner every night at five o'clock and, you know, whatever it is. And I think just having a lot, a lot, a lot of grace with yourself and knowing 
um, you can have basic things, you know, like we've we've talked about, you know, what value wise, what's important to us. And that's something we've always kind of been pretty consistent with. But I think, you know, things change and you do change how you view certain things and it's going to change how you talk to your kids. But I think having general ideas of it and just, you know, some days I'm going to we're going to put Kaya to bed and it's going to be, you know, calm and peaceful and we're going to she's going to listen and we're going to do happy affirmations and other nights it's Kaya if you don't get in bed I, I will take you to the mall tomorrow and buy you whatever you go <laughs> yeah. to sleep. like you do things that are completely not consistent with you know what your overall values are but I think that it is just constantly coming back to like your core values what you believe and also knowing that you're gonna mom guilt's real mm. I have nights where I'm in a rush and but I still want to get her in bed and you know i I rush through bedtime and then I, you know, feel bad. And I'm like, I wish, you know, I had had more time and was more patient or kinder or whatever it is. And um, but you wake up and you start the next day and kids are very resilient. And you just remember that um, that tomorrow is a new day and you have um, you can do it all over again. So and you do it all over again every day. <laughs> I'm just going to so. ask Matt, our producer, to cut that off and put it on a loop, and I'll just play it in my car when I yeah. go to work every day. Uh, you mentioned moving all over the place, and one thing I wanted to talk to you about is that I feel like you and Stu, as you call, which I love that you call him Stu. I always call him Jay Stu in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are such a, a pillar in this community, and you have just made this beautiful life here in Charlotte, and you are from the West Coast. So what is it about Charlotte? When did you get here? And like, when did you start to think of it as home? So I went, I grew up in DC before we moved to California. So I had lived on the East Coast before. I went to Wofford College. So be there very soon. Yeah. (laughs) You're very familiar (laughs) with Wofford. Uh, And then when Jonathan and I, I lived here after college and that's actually when I met him, it was his second second year here and so we'd been friends for years I moved back to California and when we finally did started dating when we um, were pregnant with Kaya that's when we really started talking about where do we ultimately see ourselves raising a family and even when I was coming back to visit when I was living in LA and working I always a part of me every time I came here just like landing in Charlotte and I would usually come back spring and summer and just how green it was and peaceful and you get off the plane and it just I don't know you I I would slow down and Mm -hmm. it just felt like a like a big city but with a slower pace of life which I always appreciated and always kind of imagined myself having a family here and so it was kind of a no-brainer for us we had to be here because he was still playing but even off season, we'd spend time, he would train in California, but we would just be so excited to come back to Charlotte. And it was definitely, I always say when I describe it to other people that it it's a big city. So you have all the advantages of a big city, but it also really feels like a small town. You mm-hmm. go wherever you go, you usually run into someone that you know. And for me, it was always our relationships, all of our best friends were in Charlotte. And so for us, that was important to raise kids around our people Mm -hmm. and they just happened to be here. So that was a huge part of it. But I think we're constantly just meeting new families and um, from other places. And so it's neat that this is a place that a lot of people come to visit or come for work or whatever it is and end up coming back here, which is, you know, what we did. And I think that you have you know, and I go back to values like Charlotte, someplace that we just always 
um, with having kids, it felt like the right fit for us and mm-hmm. how we like the schools and other parents and other kids that we see our kids growing up with. And so I just we're very grateful to call it home. And it's been fun watching it grow because mm-hmm. we've both been here since for Jonathan 2008. And I think that, you know, for me, I lived here right after college. Mm-hmm. So around that time and we've gotten to see it grow from what it was to what it is now and what it's continuing to grow into. And it's awesome just seeing so many businesses come and make this their headquarters. And um, just, you know, it's a very eclectic city in terms of sports and arts. And there's just, it's a Southern feel in some ways, but then you also could be in Chicago or in New York. Mm -hmm. And um, Kaya calls it Unork, and so I keep saying <laughs> Unork whenever so I go to say New York, um, but that's what she called it when we lived there. So, anyways, but I just we love it here, and this is home forever for us both. And you talk about all of uh, the people that you met, and that is a thing that you, I mean, you actively, as I said at the beginning, you actively reach out to people. I, I don't know how you have the time. It's it's so lovely, and then you also own Charlotte Lately, which is the most beautiful publication. I mean, it's gorgeous. And then it has this digital platform as well. And the whole mission is to let people know about the things that are going on in Charlotte, about the people in Charlotte, about the businesses, about amazing events. When did that come about and what drew you to that? Because you don't just live here, like I said. like It is also your business now is to, to highlight this community. So when we first came across Charlotte lately, I literally just followed it. When I moved here and you know, you move to a city, you kind of go on social media and try and get your oh, yeah. bearings. Yep. You're like, I'm going to follow all of these places. I'll know kind of what the vibe is of the city. I've moved around a bunch too. And you're like, okay, this is going to tell me what's going on yes. here. And you, and it's just fun, the visual of mm-hmm. it. Like I like to go and if I'm going to go eat somewhere, I like to see pictures mm-hmm. and you know, I think we all do that. So that's how I initially came across it. Um, so Courtney, who started Charlotte lately, had asked me if I wanted to do a takeover for a game and I had suggested, I'm like, do you want me to introduce you to, you know, any of the cooler wives or, you know, what kind of takeover do you want if you want it to be like a glamorous game like this day? this is celebrity. Yes, yeah, this like, is a uh, big, yeah. The whole wags thing. I was mm-hmm. like, that is not, um, not going to be me. <laughs> and so she was like, no, I, I followed you. I really want like your real game day, what you do, like a behind the scenes of what it's really like. And so... Like, I still remember we were living in a rental. Jonathan came home from the hotel where they stayed the night mm-hmm. before, uh, gave Kaya a bath so I could get up and get, you know, coffee and, you know, wash my hair, whatever I needed to do to, do to get ready. And so we went through a whole day of, like, what a game day really is, which was me and, you know, workout clothes, spit up on me, changing yeah. diapers. And I think that was, for me, important for – and just, like, my other friends and wives, like – you know, that's what game day really was like for us. It was holding each other's babies. And we would go into closets sometimes or bathrooms to try and get babies to sleep, like mm-hmm. holding them and trying to figure out how to do nap time during games. Because a lot of times the dads, you know, you want to see your kids after a game. So anyways, long story short, that's how I first was even introduced to Charlotte lately. And I loved that Courtney's whole even just approaching me, like I've been asked to do things and it's usually, we want you to be yourself, but can you wear this, this, and this, and we need you to talk about this. And these are kind of the parameters for it. And I love that she was like, all I want is for you guys to be yourselves, no filters. Like I want a real day in your shoes. And so a part of it was just kind of a breath of fresh air that 
there were people on social media that cared about that and wanted to create content that was authentic and real. And so when she ended up approaching us when she was wanting to pastor Lit Lately on to us, we were living in New York, about to move down, and she called us, and Jonathan and I talked about it, and a lot of people know this about him, but Jonathan is very creative. Yes. He, whether it's music, art, he's very much a renaissance man mm-hmm. and has a lot of talents, which... I He's so good at talents. a lot of things. I'm not good at it. I'm like, like he and of course Christian, like with Christian playing the piano. I'm like, can some can they save some for the rest of like me? I mean, you are incredibly talented. Like I'm, I'm just like to be good at two things yes. or many things. I'm like, well, I, I just wish I could just like pick up a violin right. or draw or something like that. Yeah, they both, and it's interesting. Like a lot of, um, you know, just for both of them to be able to play the piano is amazing. But he and Jonathan bought a camera during off season once one year and got really into photography. And so it just seemed like a natural, uh, just for us, I was like this, you know, it's kind of a big risk, but let's do it. And we, and with the way you connect with community and uh, like I said, always you're doing outreach, you always have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. And that, and for us, that was, it was never about, you know, the Jonathan and Natalie show. And we wanted it to be, you know, if we can take our platforms and, you know, combine it with Charlotte lately. And this can be a place that is for our community and to not just, you know, it's not going to be all Jonathan's photography. It's there are some incredibly talented photographers and artists and people doing amazing work in the community. And how can we leverage this platform to share that in a way that is real? And um, and so that's what we've always kind of called it, like a community platform and a place that isn't paying for. And there's a place for that. But just for us, it wasn't a place to um, pay to play. We wanted it to be something where we could um, authentically share what people are doing and and share, you know, obviously we love food. That's a big part mm-hmm. of who we are. And we did this like hashtag chew with Nat and Stu for a while, which mm-hmm. was really just for fun because people would be like, where was that place you ate? And so it was just to kind of kind of keep track of all of it. But we love eating places. But part of what we love, I've always loved about it is getting to meet the chef or the people behind it. And so for us, that was always um, a way of, you know, being able to use Charlotte Lately as a way of sharing people's stories, whether it's food, art, community work. And that was just something that was always uh, we were both drawn to. And so we ended up doing one issue, which we did during COVID. Mm-hmm. I remember. We're gearing up to do the second one. Mm-hmm. And and. The fun part of it for me, and Courtney always said this when she handed it off to me, she was like, you are your own boss. You have no pressure. This should be fun. And she knew I had, you know, Kaya was a baby. So she's like, I have no expectation of you. I know you're going to do great. And and she was one of those women that gave me advice. It was, you know, mm-hmm. I, I told her, I was like, well, how do you do it all? And how do you, she's like, you, you figure it out. She was like, but I believe in you. And I just remember seeing her do it and still be a mom. And she was like, this is you know, a job, but your first job is being a mom and just kind of giving myself permission to being on my own schedule with it as I figure it out and making it work with our life and making it something fun that I do because I'm passionate about it, not something that I do because people expect something of me from it. And I think that that's been the fun part is and bringing in hiring other moms Mm -hmm. and women and us kind of when we, the, the first photo shoot that we did for um, the first issue that we did was during COVID. 
which we almost didn't do it because it was scary kind of just going into, well, how are yeah. we going to even, how are yeah. we going to even do this? And we got everything lined up, started shooting. I put my team together and then um, found out I was pregnant. <laughs> I was very sick. And I remember going to the first shoot and telling the rest of our team and just how they supported me through mm. all of that. And just, it was truly like a team effort and everything. The cool thing was it all just worked out. Like we always said, we're like, it's going to rain today and it would all of a sudden be perfectly sunny and beautiful. And, um, but yeah, just having other, being able to have other women and moms in the same shoes as me, being able to work together and support each other and, um, not make anyone feel bad when, you know, we need to take a break or whatever it is, but yeah, that's amazing. And I loved what you said about that being fun because you can do whatever you want to do, whatever you're passionate about and your team is passionate about. But then to me, and I imagine Jonathan is like this a little bit, where I come from, okay, at this time, I, I'm got to be here. And I know with players, it is even more like it's breakfast at seven and then this and then meeting. And so to me, when you say I could do whatever, I would my brain would immediately go to like, okay, there are limitless possibilities and I'd just be running through it all the time. Okay, no one's going to tell me that I have to have this many pages for this. I have to do this photo shoot. I get to decide. So that is not overwhelming to you because I love you're like, yeah, that's fun. I mean, you are the decision maker about everything. You can go anywhere. So that's, is that the, the appealing part of it? Because um, that would be so scary to me. It is. I worked my backgrounds in finance, mm -hmm. and so it was very scheduled, the same thing for the most part every day, and intense and, and fun still, but it was stressful, and it was a job. And I think for me, one thing that was really hard for me when Jonathan and I first started dating was I went from my career being kind of my identity, and or he would say a lot my identity, but I was obviously proud. Like I was working in downtown L.A., um, very successful and, and you know, there's a part of you that, you know, you're obviously proud of yourself and being in my twenties and working really hard and competing with people much older than me at bigger banks and being able to kind of navigate the world of finance in LA. I didn't know this. I'm so, so I didn't know this. That's incredible. Well, it, and it's weird. Cause I remember like that was so much of my twenties mm -hmm. and networking groups and flying back to New York mm -hmm. and, um, working really hard and, that was kind of just the grind that I was in. And so when Jonathan and I first started dating, I was very, and I think even being like a woman in my 20s, like the time that I was kind of coming out of college, I was very weird about if he wanted to buy dinner. I'm like, no, I'm buying my own dinner. Or I'm the same way, yeah. You know, and just, sure. and it's weird. And even for him, like people, you know, I was very kind of self-conscious about everyone must think that I'm dating him because he's a rich football player, mm -hmm. like whatever the stereotypes are that I, you know, kind of just felt in the judgments. And so I think for me, it was really hard once I was pregnant and stopped working. I remember going to a women's brunch with all the other wives and there was like a paper that we filled out and it was you know, what's your like occupation? Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at it and being like, do we have to read this out loud? Cause I'm going to just have to write mom or do I tell them what I used to do? And like this insecurity about like yeah. wanting people to know that I had a career and a job and that, you know, I think in some ways it felt like, you know, but you kind of, it's, it's really tough. And I think that was a hard thing with Jonathan knowing like it's really hard to find a job that you can 
be a mom, go to every game. <laughs> like yeah. your job kind of becomes supporting their career. And by the way, can I just say, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you about that, but can I just say, I'm not saying this to anyone, but this is not new news since the beginning of time, but it's something that I have experienced as a new mom. And everyone who has kids knows this. Uh, raising a child is <laughs> the hardest thing in the world. Again, that is no news to anyone who has a child or multiple children. It is, I remember my son was first born. I was like, oh, you guys need me at work? They're like, you're on maternity leave. I was like, but I could just, you know, for a couple hours, like, you know, get away for a little bit. It is the The hardest hardest thing. It is the hardest job. Physically, emotionally, all the things that I have learned so much, second baby, about just being, you know, God bless. That could be an entire podcast in itself. But I think at that time, I just remember thinking and being a new mom, like, this is the hardest job ever. But I felt like writing down mom didn't to the world wasn't like good enough. Somehow. I think a lot of I you think know? a lot of moms probably have gone through that as well, right? Yeah. I I talk to friends about it all the time and then figuring out when you do kind of get to the point that you can go back to work and for me it was longer cuz we it mm-hmm. was, you know, Jonathan his job was kind of my job and mm-hmm. we went where he went and training and off season and all of that. But once I finally got, you know, settled here and we were in a house and I kind of finally had the time and he was retired and we got into a rhythm and I was like this is time for you know and I just knew it in my gut I'm like I'm ready to do something um and and figuring out the balance but I always knew and that to me is funny when people say how do you balance mm-hmm. it all if anyone knows the answer to that please tell me because me too uh, let I us all know yeah. I don't think you ever really really find that perfect balance ever Um, or at least for me, I haven't. But I think that it's overwhelming sometimes because I have all these things I want to do with Charlotte Mm -hmm. lately. And I still feel that pull of this isn't the end of the day. Charlotte lately isn't my livelihood. It is something I'm passionate about, but it's not. um, It would be different. It was different when I went to work, you know, in the morning and came home. That was my job and that was my um, my livelihood. And so Sometimes it is overwhelming because it's hard to to figure out where, how much time to put into it, how much time do I have to put into You're it your with own other boss, things. Yeah. And so there are the struggles. So it's not a traditional, um, a traditional go to work and come home and shut it off. It's like we go to dinner and my wheels are. Well, that's turning what I was saying. Like, I'd be thinking about this, it. Yes, and this and so we do have some exciting things I can't share yet, but okay. some cool things coming up that we're doing. We do have another issue. And we're really doing, Jonathan and I both had talked about this. I'm like, let's, we're going to do it as an album drop. And it's always going to be when we're inspired, when, and it's been fun planning this next issue because we've had ideas, but if it feels forced or we're trying to Mm. like, it's never the right thing. And so we finally come to what we want the next one to be and we're excited about it. So a little teaser. I cannot wait. And some other things we're working on, which I'm excited for and I will say the patience of not, if I had done another issue before this, it would have been, I'm, I believe it would have been great, but I don't think it would have been as true to what I want it to be. And just, it would have been because I felt the pressure of, well, I had a, I need to do another one and we need to get it out of the way and be on, you know, whatever the schedule in my mind that I had. But I think just the patience and waiting until it was the right time for me after having Nora, because I needed this year to just 
get back on my feet and postpartum was a lot different Mm -hmm. this time than it was with Kaya. And so it was just a harder pregnancy, you know, just recovery afterwards. And so just thank God I had that, that time to just get my bearings again and being able to do it when I'm ready. And it, and it, that publication is, is like a work of art. So it's so neat that I, I get what you're saying now about the freedom to really be inspired um, and to do it when the time is right, because I know what's going to come out of it is going to be just stunning. Uh, I cannot wait to see it. You mentioned um, really changing your identity. Um, you said in the in your 20s, it was, it was about your job and, and finance. I certainly relate to that aspect. And then the NFL is such an all-consuming job. And I think people know that about players. But one thing that you and I were talking uh, beforehand, and I just said, I would love to do an entire series on this. It never gets talked about. It's just, it is, I was going to ask you what it's like working with Jonathan, but really you guys have been working together since you started on this uh, journey together because the support system that is required uh, from a, a partner, a family, to support a player or to support an employee. I'm going through it right now with my husband where we're trying to plan out training camp dates is so massive and it is such a selfless sacrifice from, from let's say, in your family, you, your children. Uh, Jonathan can't be there for, for everything when he's playing. And I just don't think it gets talked about a lot. And I would love to ask you more about that. And I, I do just want to say full disclosure, I think we both know we are. In, I'm incredibly fortunate to work for the Panthers. Jonathan and you are incredibly fortunate to to have been here, but it is a it is a grind. It is nonstop, seven days a week for months and months and months. Very little off season, and it requires a true family effort. And I just I would love to talk more about that because I don't think it gets highlighted enough. No, absolutely. And I think when I came into it, I had really amazing other wives and women and the Panthers. And I will say this and. A lot of people say this when you look at how many people that were Panthers that played here that ended up retiring in Charlotte. It's a lot because it's a different culture. Mm -hmm. And I think we were very fortunate to have the support that we did have here. Um, Charlotte was just an easier city, I think, to navigate than, for example, when we were living in New Jersey and New York. That was really tough. And I think for me, going there was also a huge learning lesson. And I think for me coming back here, I always felt, you know, we went that chapter was for me to learn what it was like to go through that because it's different now coming back and meeting other women. Like we were all, Jonathan was always here. And so we were very fortunate in that we didn't bounce around, but that is not the case for most people Mm -hmm. in this world, in the NFL world. And so I have a lot of respect for, and, you know, watching it, with everyone, even now, like I'm thinking already, I'm like all the women I know who are spending these last few weeks just enjoying time with their husbands and their families before they know like that day. It's like I almost get emotional about it because I remember that feeling of like you're leaving and you're really not going to be back until January, February. Mm -hmm. So it is that you're going to be here, but it's also they're physically here when they're not at work, but mentally emotionally what you have to compartmentalize to get through a football season is what a lot of people don't see and I think I remember back when you know friends coming into town like at first you have everyone and then you slowly get to a place of Sunday is not like while everyone's tailgating and having fun 
I'm saying bye to him and you, you're stressed, you're thinking about, please, God, don't get injured. You know, all the things that, you know, you I, I feel like as soon as he left for a game, you kind of hold your breath, then kick off, you kind of relax a little bit, but then you're really just every play you're watching and for a wife you're thinking their health and yeah, your their heart bodies, is out on the field i can't is, imagine is in it and so i think and then you're here and it's exciting and fun so you kind of live in this dual reality of this is fun and granted you know we had fun game days like it was so much fun getting to bring our friends and go on the field and see him pregame and and that's what everyone you know, sees everyone yeah great the, yes but what they don't see is whatever we had going on in our marriage and we had a new baby and we're newly married and navigating family and dynamics and, you know, a lot of hard, all the hard things that mm-hmm. everyone has to deal with. Um, but I, for us, it was, we, I remember saying whatever we had going on, we had to table until Monday. Oh, if I would had, be the worst at that. It's not. <laughs> Patience is not my strong suit, no, as my husband would tell you. <laughs> it's not easy. And and I'm a, you know, I want to talk about things right away. Oh, and, same, same. And get it all out there and fix it. But I'm like, you know, I know that he needs yeah. his full, you know, everything needs to be compartmentalized for him to go and play football. And one of his worst ever games, like statistically worst games of his career, I, and I would Maybe the NFL will hire me as a consultant to talk about this, but what happens at home and your family life being like the stability and the peace and them getting to leave, you know, how that correlates to how you can play. And it's like that in any job, mm-hmm. but when your body is, you know, kind of on the line, yeah, that's, it's a whole different, you know, it's, it's a different mindset. But I think that for us, it was, you know, you have to put a lot of that to the side and just for the women too. And I personally am a woman, I'm not good at compartmentalizing things. And so that was a struggle and to kind of always feel like, you know, you know that you're not really the priority, but it's just kind of how it's, how it works and you just adapt to it. And I think for me, I had a lot of other wives and I think that's where those friendships were just so important and strong because I knew that I had them. And I think, not even just for football wives, but women in general. I think that's been one of the biggest things for me as a mom, realizing that I cannot expect Jonathan to have the same level of empathy, understanding, compassion for me as my other friends can have or other women because they're no matter like as empathetic as a man can be, that you just it's different. And I think the support that you'll find from other moms or even just like feeling seen by another mom mm-hmm. when you're at carpool and yeah. you're or a lot like going to coming to a game and seeing another wife that would just help me with my stroller or tell me what to do like you just it's a connection that's so different than um, the support you're going to be able to get from anyone else and so I think that that I mean I have so much respect for the significant others and families because it's just a whole whole world that I don't think people really see. They see the fun and they see the... They see game days. Yeah, Yeah. they see game day for that. And I think that was something to me that was always um, really, really hard, but also made us stronger and more adaptable and prepared us for a lot of other situations Mm -hmm. in life because you have to, you just have to compartmentalize and find the support around you. Um, 
so you can get through season together. And even logistically, another thing that I I think people don't see, and I'll I'll be honest, I worked in sports. I worked at networks for almost 10 years before coming to the Panthers. My first time with a team and walking the halls late at night, even I didn't realize it's, it's not just Sundays. It's not a few days a week. They have practice. I mean, there's something almost every single day. Monday's the day after the game. Tuesday's technically players' day off, but they're in here getting treatment. I mean, you'll see every single player in here on Tuesdays uh, making sure they're taking care of their body, doing extra work training. And then Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, there's practice, there's meetings, and these meetings will go. I mean, they'll start, they're starting at like, you know, like Shaq's down here at like 5 a.m., you know, and then they're here until 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And that's seven days a week. And then you have training camp before that. And then if your team makes a playoff run and then there's offseason workouts. And so for the families and the support system, just logistically to be able to be really the, the main person that is if, if you're home, that you're you're with your children, you're getting them to school. You're, I mean, it's just it's a Herculean undertaking. And I just I have so much respect and admiration for it um, as I'm starting to go through just a little bit of it. My schedule is certainly not like the player's schedule, um, but it is demanding. And so I just, I, th- I think it's amazing um, what the families do and in service of the stream. And it just doesn't get talked about, you know? And I think in both ways for the entire, for you too, like I know, like I always, when I saw you come back, I like, I know what that feels like. And I know for you, yeah. like your life is, you know, you're gearing up for, yeah, training camp also Mm -hmm. and I think that it's really um, important for I think women to have other women and being able to have that support and sometimes you know if you come here that might be your only you know the other mom that you talk to is might be the only interaction you have with another you know person during the day before Mm -hmm. you know I think when when you can relate to another mom and what that feels like to go back to work and to be away from your baby um, is just, I mean, it's hard, but I think also watching other women come here and, you know, whenever they sign someone, I always kind of go and I'm always just curious, like, do they have kids? Do they have a wife? Like, what does that look like? And, you know, making sure that women know at least one other mom or wife. And there are a lot of like behind the scenes networks of NFL women and that's what's really cool is when you do go to another city you have you know usually someone will reach out to you and you but if you don't have that it's very easy to go move somewhere be completely isolated exactly have no one and I didn't even and we have a a lot of friends that we know from different teams but even when we went to New York I didn't know anyone when we first got up there so I had another friend who I knew who had introduced me to one person and she's now one of my very best friends. Like we're still, um, still really close. We just went on vacation with them last or a few weeks ago. But she was my one person. And if I had not had her, I would have sat in an apartment by myself during training camp in New Jersey with nowhere to go and literally no one. I would go check my mail sometimes the first <laughs> few weeks just to yeah. go down to the lobby with Kaya and yeah. see other people because I didn't know anyone yet. And it kind of is a weird. It, it's like going back to your first day of school as an adult. Yeah. And so it definitely is hugely important. And I will say the teams that win and you see this, like you hear guys talk about the locker room mm-hmm. and that culture and what it's like. Super Bowl year for the Panthers, it was just that camaraderie and 
families knowing each other and people like and having that sense of community like I truly believe that does translate uh, into just the culture of the team and I feel like we've been um, building that back which has been nice to see and just families and people and the support and um, I think that's something that people don't always realize how much behind the scenes makes a big impact and effect on what a season looks like. And I've had you know not being a someone that's with a, a player or on that side of the football side, but I just, our first show, the first thing I did for the Panthers was the draft from home. And Jonathan was on it, uh, Jake and Jordan. And you, I think it was the night before, the night after, you reached out to, this was in the middle of COVID, you reached out to me and you're like, oh my gosh, great job. And I was like, that is so nice. And you have done that for me and so many other women. Um, and there have been amazing other women as well that have done it. And it's just it's just an amazing atmosphere, and I am so grateful to be on the receiving end of it. And I am so grateful that we were able to have this chat. Yeah. So now um, everyone is on the receiving end of just the incredible advice and example that you set. Um, and I can't thank you enough for doing this. This oh. is just so awesome. Thank you. for, And I remember messaging you because I watched you, and you're just so good and natural. And I think even for Jonathan, I've watched him give certain interviews, and I'm like, you did it not to be mean, like his, he can take it, but I was like, you did not do a very good job. <laughs> but I've heard him over the years just talk about how, and you know, you get to know like different reporters and people. And I always have respected how you, and Amy was this way too, and we got really close just watching mm-hmm. how you care about people and yeah. players. And I think that that's something important when people treat players like more than just players and what being interested in, in who they are as people. And I think that that is you can see that and you've always been so good about just you know respecting people's time and how you talk to them and knowing being just informed and I think women in sports which is a whole nother conversation but how it's hard and it's a different um for you like there I know are challenges of as you've built your career and um you're just you're really good at it and very natural and you make people comfortable and I just watched it and it was fun watching it from home which was different yeah. and new and a challenge for you I'm sure but you just did such a good job and and he had fun doing it so it's cool getting to see well thank you so much I my only regret about this entire time that we've talked is that we can't do like a 10-part series <laughs> you and I and get to hear more stories I adore you I adore your husband I I just I think the world of you and I'm so grateful for everything and I'm grateful that you came here to the stadium to do this with me thank you thank you for having me